You're now listening to the Hot Take Podcast with Stephen Blake, your source for everything fantasy football. Here are your hosts, Stephen Taroni of Fantrax HQ and Blake Sullivan of Roto Ballers. Welcome in to the Hot Take Podcast. My name is Stephen Taroni. We are back and better than ever. Going to give you some DFS playoff edition going into the divisional slate this week. We got four awesome games that we're going to get into. We're going to get in with some DraftKings pricing and get you all set up for the slate. Joined by Blake Sullivan. What's going on, Blake? How you feeling today, man? Feeling pretty good, man. Excited for another week of football. Uh, the season's kind of coming to a close, which is sad, but we still have a couple good weeks left. A lot of DFS plays going on. Um, you know, just hoping to have a fun weekend. I like, I like a lot of these matchups. Um, I'm really curious to see which of these teams can step up. You know, the Chiefs and the Rams have challenges that they haven't seen in a while. Uh, and they haven't played in a while, so it'll be kind of cool to see how they come out after this week. We have a special guest on the show. My guy, Sam Lane, the winner of the Scott Fishbowl 8. My guy, Sam Lane. What's going on, buddy? Do I get, like, an intro song like We Are the Champions behind me? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would love that. If we could, yeah, I would love that. We, we should. I'll, I'll add something in. I'll add something in. We'll see what happens. What's going on? What's going on, boys? It's, been, it's uh, good to be back. Yeah, man. Yeah, we had you on earlier in the season, um, pretty early in the season. That was like one of our first shows of the year. I, do you remember what week that was, Sam, by any chance? I, I do not. Yeah. Um, I, no, it was preseason, I believe. Was it really? Yeah, because we were. Ta- I think we were talking about ascending offenses, and I believe I picked the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I do remember that. So that was one of our first episodes after the uh, the rankings debates. Awesome, man. Yeah, so, hey, just want to get your thoughts on the SFB8 and just kind of, like, talk to us about uh, the Scott Fishbowl League and, you know, what it meant to kind of win that thing. Yeah, I, that was wild. Um, it was <laughs> – I kind of went against the grain in terms of uh, strategy just because it was, it was more super flex and uh, tight end premium. Mm. Um, And I think uh, tight ends and uh, quarterbacks went really early, but I actually ended up going with like, I went basically a modified zero wide receiver. So I went Kamara, uh, CMC, Doug Baldwin (laughs) was my first wide receiver off the board. And then uh, Mixon dropped to me in the fourth. And then somehow I picked up Philip Lindsay on waivers. So I was pretty stacked at running back. And that, luckily, I didn't run into any major injuries. I mean, a lot, I, I picked up Gio Bernard in the draft as well. And that helped me out early in the season. Oh, yeah. Um, I also – I picked him up as a handcuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that helped me when he went – when uh, Mixon went down. But I, I, I think I did pretty well with those back-end QBs too because I got Goff and – uh trubisky late and then i also got kittle as my tight end one which ended up being awesome oh yeah Um, so i mean uh, obviously a little bit of luck when it came down to it i I think i I had probably the best running back core in the league or in in the entire tournament oh man yeah Yeah. no i mean you're just reading off names here uh mixon camara and cmc i mean that's stacked right and then i i actually didn't i actually got mcguire um the week before he came back too so um and then a funny story at the end there when I, I made the championship, I was down and I thought I needed one catch thinking or forgetting what the scoring was. Uh, and I thought it was one point PPR. It was 0.5 point PPR. And I needed a catch from Dijon Hamill. I believe that was the Monday night game. 
and I got it and I thought I won. And I told a bunch of uh, private groups that I had won and then come to find it. And then I looked later and I was like, Oh no, it's 0.5 PPR. <laughs> so, so I, I thought I had lost. And, uh, the guy who thought he had won actually declared himself winner after the game, but about an hour later it corrected and I oh, ended up man. winning. So it was kind of a roller coaster ride. So you thought you won and then you're like, Oh no, I didn't win. Right. And then you're like, Oh wait, I did win. <laughs> right. Right. That was nuts. And then, yeah, the, I mean, just the celebration in general. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing for me, especially for somebody trying to break into the community and, and maybe eventually become a professional one day. Yeah. Um, is the notoriety that comes with it. So like three, I, I, I think I gained like 300 followers in like a day, um, right. including people like Liz Loza, um, Jacob Rickroad, Scott Fish, obviously. So right. that was pretty cool. Um, but beyond that, yeah, I, it was, it was really cool. It was a, it was a fun couple of days. Um, got to go on like Scott Fish's uh, Sirius XM show, stuff like that. And then uh, obviously getting some of these uh, pot, podcast spots as well. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, congrats to you. Uh, and I think that people can learn from it. Not only fantasy football, uh, you know, enthusiasts, you know, you go into a draft and you obviously know your rules, you know, rule number one, know your, know your league rules when you go into a draft, but then see what's happening and really take advantage of people kind of scrambling or potentially, you know, going higher for a tight end because they were obviously had the, uh, the boosted rules in this league, correct? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what you did, what you just kind of stayed the course, you got really good players very quickly. Um, and you know, it turned out really good for you and you got a great value with George Kittle at the end of the draft. Right. And, and it's just one of those that you have to kind of take chances in this kind of 900 person tournament. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I went against the grain and it worked out. It's kind of like DFS in that way. Now, uh, the, the Scott Fishbowl, they, the winnings go to, to, to charity or there's money that goes to charity for that. Correct. Yeah, I I can't remember everything that goes to charity, but he I think he ended up making or uh, raising forty four thousand dollars something like that. My goodness, for, uh, toys for tots. So yeah, that that's awesome. I and and I think that's the key from all of this to take from all of this is that Scott Fish is doing something fantastic uh, to oh. represent the fantasy community and he, and and bring in all that charity. Most definitely, and you know what's great about somebody like Scott Fish and Scott Fishbowl is like. That's on the map. That tournament is on the map. As you know, go all the way up to Matthew Barry. I mean, people know about Scott Fish. They understand that it's huge uh, for the fantasy football community. Absolutely, um, Blake. Just talk about the Fisher House, and you know, you are doing some amazing things. I w- it was a pleasure to be a part of it this year. Yeah, my team didn't do very well either. I was kind of disappointed. You know, going into the season, I thought I had a good team, but I just kind of fell apart with injuries and whatnot. Well, it was a best ball format, so it was kind of different. Um, it did kind of suck if you had somebody like Le'Veon Bell or whatever that went down. Um, but, again, this is a charity tournament just like Scott Fishbowl is. Uh, all the donations go to the Fisher House Foundation. And the way we did it is we kept uh, the leagues small, so there are eight-team leagues. That way you could have kind of a stacked roster. Uh, and then when you every week, you know, you had this really high-scoring team. And then in the playoffs, you didn't have to be – going up against somebody else that, you know, had Zeke or somebody else um, with a prime matchup because you might all have Zeke in that format. One team from each league moved on into the playoffs. We had 10 leagues, so 80 teams total. So there was 10 teams in the playoffs this year. It was pretty fun. And like you said about having the uh, playoffs come down to such a small fraction like that, this was run total points 
throughout the first 14 weeks or throughout, excuse me, throughout the first 13 weeks. And then the winner from each league went into the playoffs and it was total points over weeks 14, 15 and 16. So each week, you know, those points mattered. If you had one bad week, it wasn't going to kill you. Uh, but, but, you know, if you had three big weeks, you were going to win. It was a lot of fun. It came down to about 10 points there. Ben Heyer, he's been on the show here before. He ended up winning it. And then we did a jersey giveaway uh, from Playline.com. And our boy uh, Tyler Reynolds, he won a CMC jersey. So that was pretty cool. Uh, next year, hoping to do a lot more prizes. Definitely trying to get some more sponsors involved. And, you know, it was great. $1,600 to the Fisher House Foundation. It helps veterans' families. Uh, helps house people when they're getting medical care or surgeries after an accident, even if they've been home, you know, after the service from five or six years, if they have to go, they pay for the plane tickets, they put them up in housing. Uh, so that's really great that the work that they do. And yeah, for the first, for the first year having 80 people and we only pushed it for about two months, I'm really looking to grow this a lot next year. Obviously Scott fish has spent countless hours. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. Uh, to get that many people, but, you know, just kind of paving the way for other people to do the same thing. And, you know, yeah. I think Scott Fishbowl's a lot of fun and my league was a lot of fun. I hope too. Yeah, no, it was really good, man. And, and it was really fun and everyone enjoyed it. Uh, it was cool to get, you know, so many people together, uh, getting the season gearing up for, you know, the first week of the season, just kind of, you know, getting to know some of the people in the community, some of the fans, some of the people that are just, you know, diehard fantasy football, people it's really cool to get involved with something like that so i think it's awesome i always thought it was funny that you know it's like scott fish the scott fishbowl and then it was like the fisher house tournament that was like what it's kind of weird right it's like, that is kind of weird but i need i need a good hashtag like he has but i haven't came up with one that's short enough yeah we'll we'll, we'll figure that one out that hey blake cool. by the way I, I just want to thank you as a significant other of a veteran uh what you're doing is pretty awesome bud Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, I just hope it makes a difference, even if it's a small difference, it helps. And, you know, I think 1600 in the first year is pretty good. Uh, and we're hoping to just keep it growing, you know, word of mouth. Hey man, you got a good vision. And uh, honestly, uh, I can't see it, you know, not increasing this year. So looking forward to that. Uh, let's get into this slate for uh, NFL playoffs. We got Chiefs and Colts. It's going to be a shootout. At least that's what Vegas says. 57.5 over under. And, you know, just for the record, all the games last week hit the under. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't even close. Uh, it was defensive struggles all over the board. But this is the Kansas City Chiefs we're talking about. So, Blake, start us off. What, where is a good value to start off? I mean, we know the chalk. We know, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to be expensive. We know, Kelsey, you're going to have to pay up. Uh, talk to us about a couple guys that kind of, like, are going to be in your lineups this week. Yeah, so I think a couple things you brought up is, you know, hitting that under uh, all last week. I think that's going to ring true again in a lot of these games. You mm. look at the Chiefs having that bye week. You know, they're going to want to come out and start strong. But I would expect Mahomes to have some kind of nerves. Um, you know, obviously he's incredibly gifted, but you'd have to think he's going to be a little bit nervous for this game. Uh, maybe miss a couple early passes, and that's going to slow down that Chiefs offense some. So maybe the Colts will look to – carry that momentum they had from last week and just kind of control the pace of this game. Uh, keep it slow, but keep it moving. Keep the Chiefs defense on the field. So I'm looking for my value to come from Marlon Mack. He's 5,800 uh, on DraftKings. I think he's going to be the best flex or pivot to a top guy, like a 
a Gurley or a Zeke. He's going to be twenty-four to $2,000 cheaper, and I don't think he's going to put up very few less points. I actually think he's going to be the one of the better uh, running backs this week. So that's where I'm going to start building. And if the, if the over-under is that high, this should be at the goal line and giving him chances to get touchdown either way. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Sam, uh, same question. Like, who are you looking at in this game? First and foremost, I, I completely agree with Blake. Um, and I think the weather's actually supposed to be pretty bad in Kansas City. I, do they play Sunday or Saturday? It's okay, Saturday. so it's, it's supposed to be snowing on Saturday. Um, so that could dictate pace of play, um, yeah. scheme, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think Marlon Max is excellent, especially in, 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 and if you look at the actual matchup itself, the Chiefs uh, struggle against running backs, especially on the ground. What about, um, uh, what about Damian Williams? I, I mean, looking at the weather and the way Damian Williams played to, uh, at the end of the season to close out the season, I think he's probably a pretty uh, good play. Um, he's only uh, 5,100 this week. Yeah. Um, so he's actually even better value than Mac. Now Mac's obviously been hotter towards the end of the season, but I don't think you can discount what Damian Williams did. And he could, I, I could see 15 plus points at um, 5,100, which is almost a three X there. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the home running back, uh, he's going to get, you know, the perceived workload there. Um, I'm really interested in Sammy Watkins, you know, 4,500 on DraftKings. He's been practicing all week. I mean, obviously, if he doesn't play, you don't play him. But it seems like he's going to. Everything's pointing uh, towards that. He did practice today. I I would play Tyreek Hill. I I think that, you know, while the Colts have been okay against the wide receiver, and you can look at DeAndre Hopkins and say, well, you know, he was shut down. I look at a guy like Kiki Kuti, who is quick, and a smaller receiver just like Tyreek, except we know that Tyreek is faster and more athletic than Kiki Kuti. So, you know, if they can get him in the slot and they can extend plays, which Patrick Mahomes does, I don't see a reason why Tyreek Hill can't have a big play like he, you know, so often does. So I wouldn't be scared of that 7,400, and I think that that's not a terrible price. I, I think I agree with that. Um, I'm <sighs> – I'm more afraid of Hill. The speed is always kind of the X factor there. Um, But that uh, Colts secondary has actually been relatively good this season. Yeah. Uh, So as much as I like paying down for Sammy Watkins, it's just, it's, it's tough to know which of those wide receivers is going to do well, especially um, because both of the starting quarterbacks have been relatively good this season for the Colts. I think with Tyreek, for me, it's going to be one of those things where it's kind of a last-second decision. You brought up the weather. That's going to be something I'm definitely looking at. If it looks like it's going to be really windy, which it does get that way in Arrowhead, I'm probably going to stay away from Tyreek just because his price is a little bit too high. But, you know, I'm really going to be building around the running backs uh, and then trying to get a defense and a quarterback that I'm comfortable with. And then if I have the money, I'm going to go ahead and pay up for Tyreek because I'm not thrilled with any of the – wide receiver options this week uh but if i don't have the money to do it i'm definitely not going to be scared to to pay down from tyreek either it sounds like both of you would get ty hilton at 6700 as opposed to tyreek hill at 7400 absolutely um the chiefs really their their entire defense struggled all season oh yeah um, over the last five weeks they've given up the eighth most uh points fantasy points to wide receivers so yeah i i think 
any of the pass catchers for the Colts, again, I, and, and I think there's articles out there, um, including from uh, Chris from Fantrax, uh, that he wrote about weather and, and really oh, yeah, wind. Chris Allen. Chris Allen, yeah, that only uh, uh, wind really affects offenses. Um, so, so we'll see about snow. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I really like all the Colts pass, pass catchers this week. Yeah, it's tough not to like them against this Chiefs defense. I, I think that it's safe to say, you know, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Will it hit that over? You know, not sure. But I, I think that it's going to be a higher-scoring game. Both teams at least putting up, you know, over 25 points. So, you know, it, Mahomes, had, you know, I think there was only one game this year where they got under 25 points uh, for, the, for the Chiefs. Um, so they've been yeah, – I don't know. They, they, they've been, you know, one, obviously one of the highest scoring teams in the league. Um, and, you know, they're at home. I do think that the value is with the running backs this week. And I think that you can build around, like you were saying, Blake, uh, Marlon Mack and Damian Williams. Um, both of those guys in the running back spot, I, I would love this week in a main slate. Of course, one of these other guys is probably going to be, uh, you know, in that flex spot two of the higher owned guys this week, I'm sure, especially for these prices. We got the Cowboys and the Rams, Todd Gurley, $8,000 on DraftKings, and, and Ezekiel Elliott, 8200 on DraftKings. I mean, those are great prices. Like, it's so tempting, but I, so I feel as if that the, the ownership is going to be really high for both of these guys. Yeah, I mean, the ownership's definitely going to be there. I think you're going to have to pick and choose uh, one of these guys. I don't know that you're going to be able to get both in your lineup. And if you can, that's great. Uh, but I think you're going to have to really take a discount at the tight end and quarterback positions if you want to get both Zeke and Gurley, right. which it could pay off. If you get if you get one of those guys that has a huge game with low ownership, uh, like maybe Dak this week, he's only 5,200, which is really cheap. One of the cheap – I think he is the cheapest starting quarterback. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be really risky going against the Rams defense, but – if he does put up a 20-point game for you and then you have Zeke and Gurley, you could be in a really good spot uh, with that lower ownership. But I think I'm in a little a little bit scared to take Gurley and Zeke this week. I think both of them actually have really good matchups this week. The Rams have given up um, the four or the eighth most yards on the ground. Um, and then the Cowboys have actually given up the – sorry, I'm loading this up here. Um, given up the fourth most receptions to running backs in the last five weeks. So both have really good matchups. Um, yeah, so it's gonna, I, it's tough to take both just because you know the Cowboys are going to want to control the clock here, um, which to me means that I think Zeke's the better play at this point just because they're going to feed him the ball a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we know that he's going to get the workload. Uh, I can see Todd Gurley getting, you know, a similar workload too. Uh, the only thing with Todd Gurley that you have to worry about is how healthy he is right now. Um, I, I, like that's still a concern for me as, you know, as much as, uh, you know, I think that hopefully the week of rest uh, has made him uh, healthy. And I think that, you know, like you said, Sam, you know, the Cowboys – they are a good rushing defense. They really are. Um, they only gave up a hundred yard rushers uh, four times this year. Uh, but it's the pass catching that you really like to see four catches, six catches, 10 catches, six, and then 10. And that's what one, two, three, four, 
five of the last six weeks that, you know, over four catches from a running back. So it, it really is where Gurley could excel, especially on DraftKings with that, you know, point per reception scoring. So I, I do like Gurley there. I mean, that 8000 for Gurley is such a good price. Um, so if it's between the two, I, I might go Gurley there. But, uh, you know, if you, if you want to put both in your lineup, I think it's, you know, that, that's a great play because you could build around that. Any value from this that we're looking at, Sam? Robert Woods at 5,900 is actually decent. Uh, he was a wide receiver one. All I think he was the wide receiver 10 this season. And I can't – I mean, I think he had double-digit fantasy points every week. Right. So, for 5,900, um, and really dependent on GPP versus um, cash, I, I still think Robert, you can play Robert Woods at – um, basically in both because he's going to give you a double digit fantasy day regardless he might not give you that 3x fantasy day but he at least has that floor to be safe for for both gpp and cash uh cash plays this week yeah i think i'm liking michael gallup at four thousand this week uh he's been pretty solid the last couple of weeks and you know hasn't put up huge numbers but he's been pretty consistent uh over the last couple of weeks he's had uh, nine targets, four targets, six targets, and six targets, uh, which has been good for 4.4, 12.8, 8.5, and 8.8. You know, it's a pretty solid, safe numbers. Not going to put up anything huge, but at only 4,000, uh, you're going to be able to spend a little bit of money elsewhere and maybe get one of those Tyreeks or save up for Zeke or Gurley. Yeah, I think that Cole Beasley or Michael Gallup are in play this week. Um, in three receiver sets, it seems as if Marcus Peters is going to guard uh, you know, the slot in that position. So if Michael Gallup is on the outside, he might have the, the, the ideal matchup, assuming that Aqib Tlaib is uh, covering Amari Cooper. So Michael Gallup could be you know, a spot in the defense that, uh, that the Cowboys can potentially exploit. And, you know, it, these guys that we're talking about, these value receivers, yeah, they only need one big play, and Gallup can make that. So 4000 is is a really good price. Are we looking at uh, the Rams' defense as the chalk this week? It probably is, yes. Um, I don't think I'm paying up for that um, because I think, like, you know, the Saints versus the Eagles with Foles is probably a good play. The Saints have been playing well down the stretch. Chargers are actually a little bit under the radar as well. They're going to be playing in the cold – the Patriots have been up and down, and if this is a down week for Tom Brady and the Patriots, then they're going to be a legit play this week as well. I think the Chargers is my favorite defense this week, but uh, one thing I'm looking at is, you know, how many people are you going to have to go against in your own lineup? With only four games, you're probably going to have somebody that's going up against your defense. Right. And, you know, you just kind of have to pick and choose which games are going to be slower. Uh, I think I'm really going to be looking at the Vegas totals a lot more this week. Uh, in choosing my team as far as defense goes. Yeah, and speaking of those Chargers, let's get into the Sunday games. Uh, man, Chargers and Patriots, what an epic game this is going to be. Philly Rivs, Tom Brady. I mean, these guys have been doing it for so long. We've watched these guys ball out for so long. So it's going to be really fun. Uh, between the two, um, are, are, or are both good plays, you know. But I, I, let's say between the two, if you're, you know, uh, making one lineup, Blake, between Tom Brady and Philip Rivers, who are you going? 5,700 for Rivers, uh, 5,600 for Tom Brady. Man, that's so tough. I, you know, I think the defense is definitely going to be more of a challenge for Brady than Rivers uh, as far as the matchup goes. I think I'll pay up 100 and, and take 
Phillip Rivers, even though I think they'll run the ball a lot, uh, I just think that Rivers is going to have a little bit more upside this week. Can I say neither? Yeah, of course. Neither. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a classic uh, New England cold playoff game. So I just – I don't know how much of any of the offenses I want, and especially the, um, the quarterbacks. Yeah, are you staying away from Melvin Gordon as well, or if he's playing – do you play him? Yeah, I'm not touching Melvin Gordon because, I, I mean, after last week, I, I don't know. You brought up health with Todd Gurley. I'm, I'm much more concerned about Melvin Gordon this week. I just don't know if we can trust him, especially at the price that he's going for. So I think Sam and I are definitely on the same page. When we look yeah. at health, I mean, he's got guys that can back him up. You know, Jackson and Eckler, those guys are going to be fine to go. Whereas with the Rams, you know, there's not much behind Todd Gurley. They need Gurley in that offense. You 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 forgot about the goat, C.J. Anderson. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I shouldn't sleep on C.J. Anderson because I mean I played him the other day and he won me money. But so you know the uh, the narrative of Eckler having a good game regardless of Melvin Gordon is there because they're on the road against New England. So you figure that they might be in a situation where they have to pass the ball. Um, I like Eckler a lot in this game for 4,500. I think, you know, he's worth the shot. We saw um, him get a lot of work when Melvin Gordon went down last week. Um, so I love Austin Eckler at 4,500. 4, yeah, I mean, it's probably one of the better pay downs just because of Gordon's health. I don't know necessarily what they look like against or the Patriots look like against pass catching backs. But if you want to pay up like for Gurley and Zeke, Eckler's a, a choice there where you can pay down to get both of them in your lineup. I think that this is a guy that we can get really excited about. Sony Michelle, 4,700 in a game that, Sam, you're kind of paying a picture of a, of a old school, like, you know, Patriots game. You know, the, what makes the Patriots not want to run the ball? It's going to be cold, like you said. They've always wanted to run the ball. Why wouldn't Sony Michelle have a lot of value this week? I, I mean, he, he absolutely should, um, especially with the middle, the injuries in the middle for the Chargers. Uh, yeah. I think they're down both of their starting defensive tackles. They're down like all three of their starting linebackers from the beginning of the season. It's Ingram and Bosa. It's Ingram and Bosa. Right. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. So basically, they would be dumb not to run the ball and take Ingram and Bosa out of the game. I, I love Sony at 4,700, uh, cheaper than James White at 4,900. Uh, all year, Blake, I know that's been like a thing that we've always kind of gotten back to. It's like Sony Michelle or James White. <laughs> um, but which one in this matchup do you like more? And I think that's just the whole Patriots thing. You know, they keep you guessing. Yeah. I think, yeah, Sony Michelle, I think, does have the upside in this one. I'm usually on the James White side of things. But – Look at what James White has done in the playoffs in the past. Uh, there's no denying he's been an absolute stud in the playoffs. So, I mean, that's definitely something that you have to respect and consider when you're building lineups. And I'm, I'm actually on the James White side here. Uh, the okay. Chargers have given up 39 receptions, which is tops in the league over the last five weeks of the uh, regular season. So, I, who's the pass catching back there? Right. No, it's a good point. It's a good point. I mean, I, I love the idea of playing both because they're so cheap. Um, and, you know, another, you know, Damian Williams, uh, Marlon Mack. I mean, th these guys are all very affordable um, and should get a lot of work. There's 
you know, I really believe that Michelle and James White both can have good games. Sony can have that 16 carry for 66 yards or something like that, uh, that, you know, isn't going to do much for you. So that's definitely the worry there. Um, anybody else you guys are looking at in this game? I know Gronk is great value there. Yeah, I was going to say, the two guys I'm actually looking at, well, some people are going to run to those running backs. Uh, I'm looking at Gronk at 4,600. I think that he's going to have to step up and be that guy that he's been in the past. You know, that doesn't always work, but it's definitely something that you'd like to see. Uh, and then Edelman at 6,300. I think he's kind of chalky there, but yeah, he's going to be a safe play every single game. He should put up 10 to 15 points for you. So uh, it's definitely somebody to consider if you're looking at like a mid-tier wide receiver. Well, and, and especially with Josh Gordon gone, I mean, is there anybody you can really rely on beyond like right. White and Edelman this season? I mean, even Gronk this season has just been – and we all know the, the struggles he had this season. But yeah, I mean, and I think it's more so a DraftKings thing. You know, you're getting a full point PPR right. uh, over a half point PPR for FanDuel. So if you're on DraftKings, Edelman's probably worth more than uh, if you're playing on FanDuel. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at Edelman and, and Keenan Allen at 6400 just $100 more. And, you know, I could see the case for Edelman over uh, Keenan Allen this week. But, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. You know, the, the way the game was last week uh, with the Ravens, it's going to be completely different this week with the how the, uh, the Chargers are using, you know, Keenan Allen. I think he's going to get a lot more opportunity. Um, I can see him, him having a big game. You know, it was a lot of dink and dunk last week getting it to Antonio Gates just because he's a big body and he's running the cross route. Um, I, I really think that things can open up just a little bit for Keenan Allen. And, of course, he's great in space underneath, you know, and maybe he can make a couple plays. How about any of the other Chargers receivers, the Tyrell or Mike Williams? I think Mike Williams – and it really depends on what Hunter Henry's role is, but I think Mike Williams might be taken a little bit out of the game because he's kind of been the red zone threat for Philip right. Rivers. Um, Tyrell, Tyrell's one of those GPP plays where like he could just explode um, going deep, and especially if uh, Keenan Allen is taken out of the game um, by uh, just I, I just Stephon Gilmore. Yep, there you go. Uh, taken out of the game by Gilmore. Do we expect uh, him to shadow Keenan Allen? Is, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Keenan Allen, what plays a lot from the slot, so mm -hmm. that that may be where he gets makes his money this week. Yeah, I mean, we know that you know Bill Belichick and the Patriots like to take away the best player and just like really take him away. Um, maybe they say, okay, Gordon is hurt, where we can focus on Keenan Allen. Um, so that, that'll be interesting. Uh, you know, between Mike. Uh, Mike Williams and Tyrell. I, I think I would go Mike Williams just because he, he is that red zone guy. I think that maybe he has a chance for that where I don't see the deep ball happening as much. But, you know, Blake, what do you think on that between the Williams? Yeah, I agree with Sam as far as, like, the GPP goes. I would take, yeah. uh, I'd take Tyrell. But I, if I'm playing cash games, I'm honestly not going to take either of these guys just because, you know, there's so much toss-up between them. Right. Uh, and like you said, they could take either one of them away. Are we liking the defenses in this game? or uh, They're both – I mean, they're obviously very cheap, you know, so you can save money. Yeah, I'm but... loving, loving Chargers defense this week. I think that's what I'm going to be plugging most. Uh, as far as Pats, I'm probably going to stay away from that. But hopefully they'll keep this game low scoring. And, you know, like I said, I think Edelman and Gronk and White and Michelle, those guys could still have good games and not score too much. 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking for maybe one or two Brady turnovers and, you know, just keep it a low scoring game. Wow. One or two Brady turnovers. Okay. Yeah. I, this is where what Blake was talking about, where you're going to have to almost face your defense is going to have to face uh, some of the guys in your lineup. I really like James white this week, but the chargers defense, especially in the cold with uh, older up and down Brady. I really like them as a, uh, as a um, defensive play this week. And then how much are the Patriots in comparison? I know the Chargers are 2,400. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's, you know, that's the home nod there for sure. And I think that that's something that we can look into. You know, I, I heard recently, you know, somebody told me the line will tell you. The line will tell you everything you need to know. That's what they said. So I kind of try to use that for DraftKings. You know, why, why are the Patriots $100 or $200 more? Well, because they're at home. Um, so maybe they can make a play. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I could see that. I could definitely see it happening where they, you know, because Philip Rivers is obviously, you know, he's seen better days as far as his mobility. <laughs> yeah, those, those old joints might not be able to take that cold going from San, or for Los Angeles. I guess yeah. San Diego to Los Angeles to, <laughs> to New England. Yeah, although I think he had his longest run uh, of the season last week. I think it was like eight yards or something. <laughs> you, you, did you guys see the video of him, like, you know, giving the first down signal? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. So, yeah, I think that was like an eight-yard run there. Um, so, let's get into the Eagles and the Saints, the last game here. Um, there's awesome value here. You know, but we were talking off air about Michael Thomas. I think that's a very interesting, uh, you know, uh, pick this week. Uh, Blake, did you decide? Are you paying up for MT this week? Yeah, I think I'm going to stay away from Michael Thomas. It seems like too much of a trap for me. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I mean, the matchup is great. It's a great matchup, but I don't think the price is the price is not right for this situation, uh, especially if I'm trying to get those cheaper guys, you know, uh, like a Zeke or a Gurley or, you know, even in this case, Alvin Kamara, who I really like in this game. 7300 he's a great mid-level price but he has a lot of high upside Uh, so I think I'm gonna have to fade Michael Thomas based off of price more than anything yeah Uh, I'm looking at Zach Ertz too I mean 5700 uh definitely um gonna be high owned but you know that price is ridiculous for a guy like Zach Ertz I mean that is a great you know it's interesting like a lot of these guys are really really cheap um what is uh, Traquan Smith looking like this week? Because he could be an interesting play. I know all fear we were talking about Ted Ginn, and I, I really like that play too because he is going to be the wide receiver too. But Traquan, you know, he, if he's out there, he could definitely have – and he's going to be very cheap. Talk about GPP play. Yeah, he definitely has high upside. I'm kind of scared with those guys that are, you know, like Traquan Smith or look at Keith Kirkwood's Ted Ginn. All those guys have great upside, but I'm not really sure which one's going to hit. Uh, and with Mark Ingram and Kamara, I don't know if there's going to be enough offense to go all the way around. My my concern here would be if Michael Thomas gets taken away. Well, I, maybe that's not a concern, but um, I I, I got to go with Ted Ginn here because there's just been some talk from Peyton about how Traquan needs to be more consistent. Yeah, I feel like maybe he's not trusting him in his first playoff game as a rookie. And I think that you're right about that. I think that Ginn is going to have every opportunity, uh, you know, to, to score a touch. I mean, if we can remember last year, he was actually a big, uh, you know, performer in the playoffs, uh, Ted Ginn was. 
So uh, I think that that's going to happen again. I mean, he's back. He's healthy. Uh, he was definitely involved last week, or I'm sorry, two weeks ago um, in, uh, in week 17. Um, so, yeah, between the two, 4,400 for Ginn, 4,200. I think Smith is a good GPP play. Uh, you know, you definitely can hit big with that. But Ginn, I think, is definitely safer, and it, it makes more sense that he's going to be utilized this week. Um, you got, how are you guys feeling about the Eagles running backs? Uh, I'm probably going to stay away. I don't know how much they're going to want to run, uh, especially with the Saints offense being as good as it is. I think they're going to have to throw the ball to keep up more than likely. Yeah, I, maybe Darren Sproles this week. But, yeah, I just that, – that defense is fantastic against the run. I think they might be – they might have been number one against the run this year. Yeah. So, I'm just – I'm not touching any of the ground uh, running backs, maybe Darren Sproles. Yeah. So, you guys feeling good about uh... – Kamara and Ingram this week or uh, I mean because Ingram I mean like you said Blake Kamara for 7300 I mean that's a great price and he's an elite level player yeah I think Kamara gives you a ton of upside for that $7,300 price uh, Ingram I think is a safe play at 5200 if they do get any kind of lead against the Eagles they're going to want to slow things down uh, keep Nick Foles off the field and Ingram's a good enough runner to keep picking up first downs and chew some clock so he could be in for a huge day at only 5200 I don't think there's a ton of upside there, but in cash plays, definitely loving Mark Ingram and maybe in one or two GPP lineups. I think Nelson Aguilar is a great play this week, um, you know, and or Golden Tate, really. Both of those guys have value to me, matching up against Eli Apple potentially. Um, yeah, Sam, you're, you were on to something there. Uh, the Saints did not allow a 100-yard rusher all season long. Yeah, I this entire season, I – uh, tried to avoid any running backs playing the Saints, and I, I tried to give the same advice. Awesome. Any uh, last thoughts for uh, for this the slate in general, this game or the slate in general? I think the Saints' defense is actually a pretty good play this week. They've been, um, after struggling the first half of the season, they've definitely come on the second half. They've been really good against tight ends. I don't think you're going to completely take Zach Ertz out of the game, obviously, but I think – he could be a disappointment this week, especially for how expensive he is. Um, and then, like I said, the, the running backs are tough. So, really, I think your best bet is probably Golden Tate in the slot there. And I, and I just – I don't love any of the pieces on the offensive side of the ball for the Eagles this week. I'm going to agree there with Sam on, uh, on Zach Ertz. Like you said, I don't think they're going to ab- actually take him away. There's no way to really do that. Uh, so – I think he seems kind of chalky to me, but uh, at the end of the day, I don't think he's going to be near worth paying up for. And I think that's why Aguilar at 4,300 is the best value on that whole team. If they're going to have to get some deep balls at the end of the game, Aguilar is going to be the guy to get down the field and do it. Yeah. So are we not riding with Nick Foles? We can't, I mean, that 5,400 isn't bad on DraftKings. I mean, so what did he, how much did he throw for last week? It was under 300. I know that. Um. Yeah, against the Bears, obviously, was, yeah. you know, 266 yards. Okay, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Not a bad week, but I, I just – I'd rather have, like, a sure – more sure production uh, pay up and have more sure production from some guys. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you know, the Saints defense is smothering, so I can definitely see a situation where Nick Foles is in trouble. Um, but he has just been, you know, rising to the occasion – 
I could have said the same thing last week that he was going to struggle more than he did. Um, I think, I think he played really well. So, you know, if he gives you, you know, around that 20 fantasy points last week, that actually was pretty good considering, you know, all of the games were pretty low scoring. So let's go into the, the hot bowl prediction guys. Blake, start us off here. I really like this one. Yeah, so my hot bowl prediction, I almost gave it away earlier at the very beginning of the show. Uh, I'm going to say Marlon Mack is going to be the RB1 this week over Zeke, Gurley, Kamara, all those guys. And I'm going to say that he is the best return for you with your value. He's the best value pick. Um, you know, I'm really liking it. Matchup against Kansas City, 31st in the league against the running backs this season. Uh, they have not been very good on that aspect. I think that the Colts are going to want to take away Mahomes, so that's going to mean running the football a lot. And, again, if it's windy there in Arrowhead Stadium, uh, Mac's going to be used a lot more, I would think. And, you know, I just really like it with Naheem Hines not doing much last week. I think that just means that they're committed to, to, uh, to using Marlon Mack, so I'm looking for him to have a huge week. Yeah, it's a great call. I really believe that the commitment is there, uh, no, no doubt about it. Uh, Sam, who's, who's your guy this week? I think Ted Ginn is going to be the New Orleans Saints wide receiver one this week. They struggle against outside receivers. Um, I think they're probably going to bracket Michael Thomas a little bit, take him out of the game, and that will leave Ted Ginn one-on-one several times. And I think Drew Brees will be able to hit him for a deep bomb, maybe two. That's fantastic. Yeah, you know, like I said, I, Ted Ginn really showed up last year in the playoffs. I, I think he can do it again. He has that vet, veteran presence. Uh, and if, you know, they're going to take away Michael Thomas or, you know, he, you, know, you can't get to Michael Thomas every play. We, we've seen that, you know. In the first couple weeks, it seemed like that was possible. Uh, but, you know, teams eventually, you know, fatigue sets in and teams eventually will lock it up. I think that that is a fantastic play this week. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I'm going to go with Darren Sproles as my hot bowl prediction as having 100 total yards. Uh, I think that he can be a guy this week. And if he gets a touchdown with those 100 yards, you're looking at a really great week uh, for DraftKings. Um, I look around at, uh, you know, some of the bad weather, you know, with the Patriots, bad weather in Kansas City potentially. Um, so, you know, at least we got a dome game with this. I kind of like the upside of Darren Sproles coming back to New Orleans Blake, we love revenge narratives, don't we? <laughs> yeah, it's revenge. It's on the road, so it's going to be bold. But yeah, you know, I, I, I like it, though. I like yeah, it. We, we've been talking about that. It's home uh, revenge games. That's, where the, that's the ones that succeed. The, when you're on the road, it doesn't work out so much. Yeah. Plus, you also have a big I'm, – I'm going to say a word here. Okay. Big Dick Nick. Big Dick Nick, Nick. Big Big Dick Nick of course. <laughs> of course, you got him. And I'm telling you, like, that's why I say – we. We're, we're, we weren't really talking about him when it came to this slate, but he's been exceeding expectations. So, you know, I, I don't imagine he's going to be very high owned either. Uh, it, it, he could be a quarterback that gets you that like 24 points in DK this week and then where everyone else is not getting you that much. I can kind of see it besides Patrick Mahomes and, and Andrew Luck, you know, who's going to be that guy. So, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We just did the uh, fan tracks early mock draft. Uh, both Blake and Sam were a part of that. It was really fun. Um, you can check that out on uh, my Twitter at FFProfessorST3. You can also check that out at uh, FantraxHQ.com. Sam, thanks for coming on the show, man. What do you have uh, coming up for everybody this offseason? Hey, guys. I appreciate you having me on again.
<laughs> I'm everywhere. So I, we just started a podcast, me and Eitan Mosia, who you guys know, I'm sure, um, called The Dynasty Diagnostic. You can follow us at Dino Diagnostic. Basically, we're just taking people's rosters, breaking down each position group, uh, trying to give advice uh, um, on moves they can make, um, and just kind of giving them a grade. Um, and it really doesn't apply just to that roster, but it, it'll give all listeners ideas of what kind of moves they can make and tips and tricks they can make to um, get better in the offseason, get their rosters better in the offseason. Um, I just joined FF Statistics, uh, so we'll be writing for, I'll be writing for them, writing some, uh, trying to build the dynasty side of the website. So you'll be seeing uh, a lot of dynasty articles coming out from me. And then uh, always on the IDP guys, um, just writing anything and everything I can IDP. We're also starting a podcast there called the No BS IDP podcast, um, where we'll be going deep diving a little bit more into IDP, uh, some scheme stuff, uh, free agency, trades, et cetera. Uh, and, and just going a little bit more deeper or going deeper into IDP um, for those who are more interested in IDP. So yeah, that's what the, what's coming up here soon in this off season. Awesome, man. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I'll definitely be looking out for your pod with, uh, with Aiden. Uh, yeah. He's, he's over at Fantrax HQ as well. And he was part of the, the mock draft. Mm -hmm. um, like, was there anything in the mock draft that kind of stood out to you? Uh, it, there was some wild picks and there was really guys that slipped very far. Yeah, I mean, one thing that slipped my mind personally that I thought was a great pick is one you made with Jarek McKinnon. Uh, oh, yeah. That was, that was somebody I wanted, but just, you know, kind of slipped my mind. And He's going to be risky, know, man. He's going to be risky, but I think you're going to be able to get a really good deal on him in a lot of leagues. And, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo comes back and, you know, some of those wide receivers there in San Francisco look pretty good, pretty promising. Uh, and that defense really played pretty solid, you know, considering they had nothing to play for. Uh, they had a lot of fight in them, and they had a lot of talent there as well. So, you know, could be good things coming for the 49ers, and Jerick McKinnon could be a key part in that. What is Jerick McKinnon's ADP next year? Ooh. Like, I'm, I, I, I'm honestly unsure, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I just really like don't know. Round. I'm thinking fifth or sixth round, but it could be lower. Yeah, I think he's going to fall there, but, I, man, I just really don't know. He has a lot of upside, but I think a lot of people are going to be scared of that risk. I, yeah, I, I would have to agree. I think six, you're probably looking at your highest there. I just, I can't, I can't touch guys coming right off of ACLs because everybody, not everybody's Adrian Peterson and you run into a lot of Dalvin Cooks where they struggle the first half of the season coming back from the ACL and then they start to pick it up. So right. I, I think Jarek McKinnon's kind of a, maybe a mid season trade target more than anything for me. Yeah, I'm telling you, Matt Burita will continue to be a value in fantasy football drafts. Uh, you know, you can just wait till the last pick of the draft and get Matt, Matt Burita, or, you know, I, maybe 12th round, something like that. But, you know, how high can his ADP be? I wonder if both of them will be right around each other. Um, yeah, that would be really interesting going into next year. Uh, there was a couple of things, you know, in that draft. It was really fun, um, you know, but like, you know, A.J. Green, uh, it, it, it kind of dawned on me. I think A.J. Green, is finally out of the second round for sure. Uh, he's going to be a third or fourth round pick this year. The uh, wide receivers are shifting pretty hard this season. Yeah, like Beckham dropped too, but I, I really still view Beckham as 
I want to say his value can still be at the end of the first round. Like he can still produce that sort of thing. But, you know, again, I think he's going to go in the mid second round this year with, with all the running backs with, you know, you got to draft CMC high, you know, so it's going to be interesting going into next year. All right, folks, uh, on behalf of Blake Sullivan, my name is Steven Troni. Thanks for listening to the Hot Take Podcast. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Rollerballer.com, and FSGN.com. This has been the Hot Take Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Hot Take Podcast. Check out Fantrax HQ and Rotoballer for your fantasy sports news and analysis. Follow the guys on Twitter at Stephen underscore Taroni and at Blake Sullivan FF. See ya!